0: This is Issues 2018. I'm Steve McIntosh, and our guest is John Bardo, President of Wichita State University. Welcome to Issues 2018, Dr. Bardo. I'm glad to be here. Can this be right? You've been WSU President since 2012, is that right? Right. <laughs> All right. And you taught at WSU before uh, before you were named President. I, yeah, I taught tell 10 us little, years. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Oh, my gosh. Well, my uh, very first job out uh, of graduate school, I came out here and uh, taught uh, urban structures and applied statistics and research methods and uh, community structures. So uh, did that for about 10 years and then moved on to be a dean. All right well
0: that's the kind of thing that you just mentioned there which I can't repeat sounds a- like it has a lot to do with the-, the kind of stuff we're doing at Wichita State now. You know
1: it does and I- I've teased my wife for years that I you know I guess I could have been an artist or some, you know not had any knowledge of any of this stuff but uh, I've also teased the regions that they paid me a whole heck of a lot less to do what I'm doing now than what I was here before, but it is very much what we're doing.
0: Uh, a couple of basic questions: uh, Has it been your one of your overriding goals to increase enrollment at WSU? Is it a big goal, small goal?
1: Uh- yeah, no, we want we want to increase enrollment, um, and largely because of the the role the university plays in the metropolitan area. And what you see is when you can get universities to be larger than 20,000 head count, uh, that they can have a bigger impact on the area they serve. So we've been experimenting with a lot of ways of of trying to increase enrollment, not just any one head count, but thinking differently about what's possible.
0: How well have you done in terms of Um, enrollment?
1: You know, I think we're doing reasonably well. We're in a time of major transition. Last two years, we've had the largest freshman classes in our history. Um, We now have oh, 200 or so more people wanting to get into dorms for next year than we had same time last year. So we feel that we're going to continue growing that class. We're reaching out to businesses differently and trying to think differently about what does it mean to be educated in this kind of a society. So we're starting to see some movement there uh, in ways that I think you know, it's just going to take time to, to work through because they are
0: so new and so different. You have uh, uh, enrollment and it exceeded, what, 14,000-something, right? Yeah, right now we're a little over 15. Oh, you are? Mm-hmm. Okay. Always unaware. Yeah. That's pretty good. Uh, you know what? I have a grandson who will be a shocker next fall. Very good. He is one of a number of high school seniors who participated in a special day at WSU. I know what you, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. He was looking for scholarship help, right. and he had a ton of ton of young, I guess, seniors out there. Tell right. us about that.
1: Well, the, I think you're probably talking about the, the uh, Distinguished Scholarship Initiative, and we we really do have a uh, very strong program in scholarships, particularly oriented toward local students, although we have increasing amounts of money because of good fundraising uh, to help students from outside the area. but. Uh, we really are trying to encourage bright, capable students from Sedgwick County and surrounding counties to stay local. If they stay local for college, they're more likely to stay local to work, more likely to raise their families, and so we really see this as a as kind of a tie to encourage a student to be here.
0: You know, and uh, the thing is, Nolan's parents are both WSU grads.
1: Yeah, that helps.
0: <laughs> <laughs> They had some influence on him, I guess. Uh, So what else is the university doing to attract local students? You know,
1: we've totally remade the way we recruit, and we're seeing a pretty good uptick in the number of applications out of Sedgwick County, and those have been declining uh, over the course of years. Uh, And uh, so to turn that around and to begin to see that movement up is a really positive thing. We're seeing more kids. Uh, who are entering our Honors College, for example, who are local kids who might have gone off other places, but this Honors College is pretty special and I think the, you know, some of the the really bright and capable local kids are are taking advantage of that. We've also uh, been working really hard on uh, recruiting in our minority communities to uh, provide support and services and help people, particularly families who have no history with uh, universities, understand why it's good for their kids, why it's good for their families, and uh, how this can really benefit them over the course of generations. And we're really starting to see some major movement up there as well, and I'm, I'm
0: real excited about that. So, you're talking to folks now who maybe never even thought their kids could, could go uh, to college.
1: You know, and um, so many, um, if, you, if you come from a low-income family, a lot of the effort is gotta get a job, gotta get something in it to help the family. And so uh, delaying to go to college uh, can be a painful thought. And so what we're really trying to do with with a lot of folks is uh, show ways in that uh, allow them to cope uh, with their current situation and at the same time see how it can benefit their families over time. When you recruit in, in different groups, you have to think differently about what it means to recruit. So, for example, if, if you're dealing with a, a very strongly ethnic group uh, Mexican family, for example, there may be 10 decision makers in that family as opposed to two. And uh, so you have to think differently about who, with whom do I talk? Yeah. You know, who's gonna help make the decision here? Who's gonna wow. help people understand? And so we're learning all of that and it's having an impact. We've got about a third of our applicants this year are either African-American or Hispanic and that's pretty good. We're wow. pretty excited about yeah, that. Yeah, it
0: is. Now, now what about uh, recruiting out-of-state mm-hmm. students? Are they still uh, valuable to you? Oh, very valuable. <laughs> yeah, when you, when you look at um,
1: the way a university in a metropolitan area should function, uh, if you look at our peers, about a quarter of the students live on campus. Uh, we're about 9%. And so the out-of-state student, the out-of-area student, becomes that base uh, around which social events, activities, restaurants, you know, little, little shops, little coffee houses operate that then affect the local student, too. So um, we're very interested in out-of-state students. We also know, like me, I came here thinking I'd be in Wichita here too and move on to a different job, and then I met this woman here who, you know, dang it, and so I've been connected to Wichita all my, all my adult <laughs> life. And so if you can get people here from out-of-state, uh, they create the relationships that, you know, they didn't necessarily think they were gonna create, and uh, then they become part of the workforce and part of the community.
0: You know, the the campus uh, physically has certainly changed uh, since your arrival here. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the building projects that are going on?
1: Yeah, we've got several of them finished now, which is kind of fun to see. And I think the Experimental Engineering Building, if people haven't taken the time to go look at that, that's pretty special and something that they ought to do. Uh, Airbus's headquarters is operating full blast. We have a second partnership building that will be done this summer. Uh, new residence hall open and full, and uh, as soon as people realized the quality of it, the demand went way up. Uh, so that's moving along. Um, we will probably start a crash test facility this summer, uh, which is kind of cool. Uh, okay. I, I, I want to do a watermelon. I mean, you know, the, the people who do for real want do airplane parts and things. I'd, I just think crashing a watermelon would be kind of fun. Uh, but anyway, that's, that's, un, that's getting ready to go. Uh, we have two restaurant areas and shop areas that should be finished this summer, and then Starbucks is open. So we've got a lot of things moving, and I have the latest one is the law enforcement training center that just opened, and we're very excited about that.
0: How is this, is this being paid for? How, how are you doing that?
1: Yeah, people keep thinking we're taking tuition, and we're taking yeah. – really, it's all being paid for by the private sector or by grants or contracts. The university's put very little money into this, oh. uh, and the whole model – Uh, was a private-public partnership model that's being used around the world. It just hadn't been used in Kansas. And uh, one of those things that uh, i laughingly say a lot of the things I'm doing have been around 30 years and it's freaking people out that it's so revolutionary. But this is one that uh, really... Uh, we've put very little money into it.
0: Be, be truthful with me now. How often does somebody corner you out in public and say, "I sure missed the golf course"?
1: You know, not very often. <laughs> I mean, not very that, often. That. Yeah, which is probably why it was okay to close it. It <laughs> was being facetious, but um, yeah. no, it? it's. I actually had one or two people do that, and I learned to play golf on that golf course, so it was kind of a like tug t- at the heartstrings. <laughs> Well, you can always use maybe a miniature golf course. Yeah, exactly. Well, for, uh, one of our board members from our foundation came back and he goes, man, you've had a lot of hazards that course. So
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, it'd be tough to play. Yeah, <laughs> It is tough. Talk about, let's talk about Shocker Sports for a minute, starting with the with basketball and, and the the new athletic conference. Uh, that was something you worked on for several months to get that done. How's yeah. that working out, you yeah, think? I,
1: well, I think it's working out very well. The um, I didn't come here expecting to move – Uh, athletic conferences. I grew up in the Missouri Valley and expected, you know, we were, I knew the Missouri Valley was happy with it. Uh, But when I looked at where the university and the city were and I looked at what happened in terms of the direction of the valley, it was clear that we needed to move. Uh, And it was also clear when we started looking at conferences Uh, that the American was the right place and so you heard all kind of rumors of other conferences that either didn't want us or did want us or would want us with football and at the end of the day uh, Darren Boatwright the AD uh, handled this and handled it beautifully and got us where we needed to be so um, the universities in this conference are universities like Wichita State mainly larger Uh, so we can we have people with whom we can aspire uh, I think, from an athletics perspective, uh, the biggest thing everyone is learning is these are real athletic programs, and whatever you thought you were going to do last year, probably you need to rethink uh, because uh, think like about coaches who know how to how to coach.
0: Do you, uh, you think we have a good shot at a national championship? Am I dreaming here? You know, I
1: don't know. I, but, I, uh, I
0: guess the question is, what would that do for this school and know, this community?
1: Yeah, I mean, any time you can make a Final Four it makes a big it makes a big splash nationally and it makes a big splash for the community Uh, if you win a national championship, that's obviously the big splash on steroids so it's a it's it's extra special but uh, to me you know I want us to do that I I love our kids they're great and I want them to have that experience Uh, but the biggest thing to me is that we have changed Wichita's positioning not just in athletics But we've changed the positioning in terms of the general conversation about the city of Wichita. We're no longer being compared to Peoria and to Evansville. We're being compared to Houston, to Orlando, to Cincinnati. Um, And that may not sound like much a normal conversation, but it's a pretty big deal when people get out there and start talking about, oh, well, you're no better than Houston.
0: OK, OK. <laughs> uh, well, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. But you, shockers, it's not just basketball. you got volleyball. you got a great track program. We do. And Lock our on. women's
1: basketball program is coming along. I mean, you know, our new coach is <laughs> yeah. uh, learning how to work with the kids and the kids are learning how to work with her. So, uh, no, I, it's, it's, it's going to be good for everybody from an athletics perspective. But it's also going to, I think, even bigger than that is what it does for the reputation of the area.
0: You're listening to Issues 2018 on the Intercom radio stations, and our guest is John Bardo, president of Wichita State University. Um, Let's talk, and you kind of mentioned this uh, when we're talking about uh, uh, infrastructure and facilities, but let's talk about what's new at WSU. Uh, Tell us a little bit more about that Law Enforcement Training Center. Yeah, the
1: Law Enforcement Training Center is one of my favorite projects because none of us on the executive team thought about it. Uh, this came from a faculty member who sent a note and said, hey, well, you know, the city and the county are worrying about where they're going to educate their officers and how they're going to train them. And we do so much work with them. Why don't we invite them to be to campus, come to campus? And we all looked at each other and said, well, that's kind of a good idea. <laughs> and, and so we started talking. And over the course of months, it moved from what are you talking about to wait a minute, that could really work. So the training center is designed to really put the county sheriffs, the city police, and our criminal justice program all in the same space. Uh, That allows for cross-training. It allows for better use of resources. It allows for the in-service people to have the advantage of having our faculty right there. But it also allows our faculty to have the in-service people right there, too, to hear, what they're, to hear what they're doing, what they're seeing, what's going on on the streets. And so I think it's a cross-pollination that's good for everybody.
0: The university is starting a new Homeland Security degree. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that.
1: You know, one of the problems, and you see it every, almost every day, unfortunately, is somebody is doing something really awful. And so Homeland Security isn't just about some foreign power doing something weird to the United States. It's about how do we secure our lives without destroying our communities. And so we really feel like Homeland Security, cybersecurity, some of these areas are gonna be crucial for the future. And you're gonna see us expanding into a lot of those.
0: A WSU professor recently received a five-year grant for biology research. Uh, I've never thought of Wichita State as a a biology place, but uh, tell us about that.
1: Well, I can't tell you about the specific grant, unfortunately, but I can tell you a little bit about, about what we're doing in biology. Um, We do a lot of, we have a biology department that's pretty standard, I think, in terms of the divisions within it. You do laboratory work and then you do field work. So you have sort of two different groups of people, uh, one the lab folks and one the field work people. And a lot of the work that we have, we have a field station that's down south of town and we've run it for years, uh, where we really look at the native flora and fauna of, of Kansas and do a pretty good job with that. We also had a major gift. Uh, of access to a ranch up in the Foothills. That's a huge ranch. And again, that will allow us to do some work on what's happening to the environment of Kansas as the world changes and uh, as uh, we learn more about the grazing cattle and other things. So that that work uh, is pretty important. Um, We also have some interesting work, and I'm gonna jump shift you a little bit here, uh, going on in chemistry. uh, Because it relates back to biology in some real ways. But we have some researchers in chemistry who are working on things like uh, root causes of Parkinson's disease, uh, which, you know, if you can have an impact on that, you can change thousands and thousands of people's lives. So um, I'm really proud of our sciences. I think they do a good job. And I think they're just a little bit unheralded in this area.
0: Okay. Well, what kind of courses uh, are offered to prepare students for high-tech careers? Yeah. I,
1: this is only a forty-five minute show, so I'm not sure. That, I'm not sure that we <laughs> actually can keep it's twenty-four going that. minutes, but yeah, yeah really. Okay, so the the um, what's happening? We we um, of course have engineering, and we and we have uh, computing sciences. Yeah. But what's what's been going on very quietly? And this is what people don't, you know, it's one of those things that unless you come in and track, you're never going to know. Um, by attracting some of the global corporations that we've been able to bring to campus. We have some facilities now on campus that uh, don't exist anywhere else in the world, uh, literally. Um, and so the ability to broaden our base around technology-based enterprises uh, and to diversify our ability to work uh, is becoming much, much greater almost by the day. Uh, when I came in in 2012, we were doing about $52 million worth of research. This year we'll approach $100 million, next year we'll go to about $120 million. Um, And that research, by the nature of the way we do it, will have really big impact over this metro area. So a lot of what we're we're looking at is taking what we're hearing from industry and saying, okay, you are having specific issues, you're having specific problems. Let's deal with those. But then let's step back a step and say, what is this a sub-pattern of? What are the other big issues? And so uh, one of the things we're working on now is, can we become a center for materials? Everything that's made is going to be based in new materials. So, can Wichita become a center for new materials? If we can, we can have a giant impact on the future.
0: Uh, tell us about uh, your business school a little bit. Yeah. Uh.
1: Um, really solid business school. We're moving, uh, I think they're up for accreditation right now, so we're kind of <laughs> trying to get them through all of that. Um, but a lot of what we're trying to focus on there, and we'll be focusing on across. Um, really across the institution, uh, is looking at some new form of credentialing. Uh, the MBA program, except for a few places that you pay you know, $200,000 to get the network uh, of uh, friend, family and friends, most other MBA programs aren't doing very well nationally. And so we're looking at how do we break that up into programs that really have impact on business. Uh, we moved this last year, much to the chagrin of some of our colleagues, uh, to offer the first round of micro-credentials. Uh, these are short courses, half credit hour courses um, that get transcribed, uh, so they are real courses and they meet Higher Learning Commission standards. But uh, we had over 600 students involved in microcredential courses uh, to try to better themselves, mm. and w- that we know that's a wave of the future, that that's coming, mm. uh, and it isn't coming little. It's going to come with a wave when it comes. A wave, yeah, a really tsunami, you like? Huh? Well, I mean, we've got companies. Um, Google for one um, is trying to figure out how to handle this and if like let's say for some random weird circumstance we were able to convince Google that we should be their supplier of the accredited side our enrollment could go to three or four hundred thousand <laughs> you know I and mean, we're not talking about oh gosh you got to fifteen thousand uh, you're talking about three or four hundred thousand mm, um, wow. now what does that do for Wichita may have some impact but what it really does is it puts you out there as a major center that people give in to look to, to say, wait a minute, where can I get these cool things?
0: Does WSU enjoy uh, cooperative relations with the more than a dozen area colleges and universities? Yeah, I think, it, you know,
1: like when, whenever you have a family, you're gonna have family squabbles, but yeah, generally we do pretty well together. And the um, the movement of WATC as a an arm of Wichita State that we're about ready to finalize is I I don't know that most people understand the degree to which that will change the future of Wichita. It's a a really big deal. W.A.T.C. W.A.T.C. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Technical College. Their new name is uh, WSU Tech, Okay. and uh, we are looking at restructuring one of our colleges to specifically, one of our existing colleges, to specifically dovetail hand in glove uh, with their programs. So that offers opportunities to create new kinds of degrees. Uh, new kinds of programs that meet the emerging needs of industry uh, and allows us to deal with advanced manufacturing and some other areas that we haven't been able to touch that we're pretty excited about.
0: Tell us about state support for WSU. The folks in Topeka.
1: Yeah, mm. you know, um, one <laughs> of the problems that that states are having all over the United States is uh, they're trying to figure out how to keep taxes down uh, while at the same time being competitive. And that's had a real impact on us, it's had a real impact on other states. I think right now, uh, in terms of reputation for trying to do the right thing, we probably, if you were to go ask 20 legislatures, probably 15 of them would say we're the the ones trying hardest. Um, I'd say we're getting, uh, given the money that the state has, given the problems that the state is dealing with, we as a university are getting as much support as we can The system the need for investment in higher education uh, is much greater than people understand Hmm. uh, on average and um, you know we're just trying to keep that conversation out there because it's uh, if you look at state gross domestic product I just looked at this yesterday that's the downside of my field Um, (laughs) about 30% of the differences in state domestic product by state can be defined by the percentage of college graduates, four-year college graduates you have in your workforce. Mm -hmm. So when we're running college graduates out of town, which we are, uh, because we're not providing the support, then um, you can count on our economy going down. I mean, it's just kind of the nature of it. What's
0: on your planning board? Sorry? Your planning board, anything going on that's... My planning board? Oh, the things, the next thing, sorry. The next thing, the new (laughs) new dream or whatever. Um, The
1: next really big things for us. We have to continue. Uh, In fact, I'm sending a group to the Brookings Institution this week uh, to try to get a national view of kind of what are the things that are working out there. Uh, What we're looking at is the area around the university becoming an innovation district. Uh, Those are developing around the United States, uh, particularly around our kind of university. And they tend to generate a lot of jobs and a lot of wealth. Um, And so our push toward the innovation campus, toward new degrees, toward uh, micro-credentials. All of that is about trying to create an environment where the private sector wants to make an investment and wants to be part of it. Why
0: Why should a student choose Wichita State? I don't know. If you want really great stuff, we've talked about. Yeah, if you want a really good life, a
1: really good experience on co- at college, and uh, you want to be prepared to move forward and get exposed to things that most other colleges aren't even talking about, we're probably a good place. There if, you go. I mean, you, kind of like for about twenty minutes, you've been giving some good yeah, reasons. Yeah, I mean, you kind of like the nineteenth uh, century. Go somewhere else. We're not very good at that. anymore. Oh,
0: that's a that's <laughs> a pretty good uh, sales pitch right there. Now, uh, are you ever have any regrets that you you landed in Wichita? And you stayed here for all these years? You
1: know, no, it was so funny because I, I laugh about the fact that I came here for $500. Uh, the, uh, I got two job offers, one for 11500 one for 12000 And back in the 70s, that was a big deal. So I took the $500, never been to Wichita in my life. And I kept thinking, why did I go out? This is the end of the earth. Uh, and of course, it's not the end of the earth. It's one of the best places to be. So uh, yeah, I, I kind of laugh about that. But I grew up in Cincinnati. I was born there, but Wichita's is my home.
0: All right. Well, listen, as always, we thank you for your time to be uh, be on the Issue Show with us. We've done this before. Maybe we'll do it again here in the near future. But there is a lot. There are a lot of exciting things going on at Wichita State University. There's no doubt about that. And for the past, like I say, for the past 23 minutes, you've been telling us about the good things, and uh, we hope to continue with the great success out there. Thank you, and good luck. Our guest is Dr. John Bardo, president of Wichita State University. That's all for this edition of Issues uh, 2018. We'll be back next week.